Welcome to Marvelicious Toys. Hosted by Justin and his amazing friends, Arnie and Marjorie. We bring you news and reviews of Marvel toys, statues, and more. Because not all Marvel collections can be bagged and boarded. They're not just toys, they're Marvelicious. Welcome to issue 37 of Marvelicious Toys. I'm Marjorie. I'm Arnie. And I'm Justin. Con season is starting up, and we hit our first toy show of the year a few weeks ago. We went to the Toy Man Toy Show down in St. Louis. We took my two-door car. That might have been a mistake. Yeah, mental note, when you go to the toy show, don't take the two-door convertible. Although, thank God for the convertible, because we could put the top down, cram it full like the Beverly Hillbillies, and then put the top back up. We looked like the Beverly Hillbillies, like jam-packed of Marvel and Star Wars, and then just craziness. That means it must have been better than last year, because last year you guys were pretty empty-handed when you came back. I think last year I might have been a little more restrained. It was also a full moon. It was a full moon. The full moon makes a huge difference in Arnie's spending habits. Well, last year I was very focused on Marvel Universe and a little bit on Marvel Legends, and that was it. But since then we've started this thing where every week when new comic day comes, I go and I buy a Toy Biz era X-Men or some other, you know, four inch five inch figure at my local comic store it's only when he's a good boy yes which is everything <laughs> well i've been paying an average of ten dollars a figure for these toys you know some are 20 some are six but i'd say the average is around ten dollars we get down there they're selling me six for five dollars <laughs> And all of a sudden I go, I'm just not going to buy any. I love supporting my local comic store. I really do. But at a about 1,000% markup, I've decided that I'm just not going to buy any at the comic store for quite some time and buy several weeks worth at this show. So I picked up about a dozen X-Men figures and Spider-Man the Animated Series figures. For a combined total of $15, I got huge bags of them. <laughs> See, to me, that's about the right price. But it was part of the experience. We'd go to the local Greek place, we'd have our gyro or our moussaka, and then we would go to the comic book store, which is in the same little junky strip mall, and he could buy a figure, sometimes two, and then get his comic books. We'll still do it. We'll still support the local store, but I just couldn't pass up the immense savings. I mean, honestly, I've almost bought out the comic store in the past year. They're down to maybe 30 figures left. So it, it was probably good for me to get that. They also, at our local comic store, had the 10-inch series of figures, and they wanted, you know, anywhere between 12 and $20 for these. I talked the guy down to $7 a figure at the toy show. Wow. I picked up a dozen. <laughs> Make that a baker's dozen. <laughs> I got techno suit Tony Stark, who really looks like, is he going to the disco? Yeah, he's rocking a hardcore stash there. Yeah, that's like a porn stash, like 70s porn stash. But it's the outfit. It's like they cut off Tony Stark's head and put it on Ultron's body. They probably did. Yeah, there's nothing really Iron man about that. It looks like a silver bodysuit with some gold wires attached to it. They call it his techno suit. I don't think that it's because it's technological. I think it's because it's what he wears to raves. <laughs> But I got so many of these. I got from this guy's personal collection, all in great condition. He talked me down because he's like, I know you're not going to sell these and you're just taking them for you. And I'm like, yeah. 
Oh, and I think he was trying to give me a little bit of a guilt trip, thinking I might be taking them back to sell. But no, these are really coming and going to hang out with my 10-inch Avengers figures that I recently rearranged to try to hide Cap even more. <laughs> now he's just a floating head behind Hulk. So I loaded up on a bunch of old stuff. They had a lot of Marvel Universe and Marvel Legends there for various prices. All of the current wave of Marvel Universe were going for about 20 a figure on average. That's the Storm Wave. They didn't have any Avengers figures out there at all. Maybe just because they were too new or too common. They were out, of course, by the time we were at the show. Yeah, there might just not be any, you know, secondhand margin in those yet. I mean, at 10 bucks a piece at the store, you're not going to be able to resell them for much. I really love shows like that. You know, it's like you get there and you find the comic shops that have come in and they have their bins of, like you said, Marvel Legends and bagged pieces of guys here and there. Like, I could spend hours just digging through those bins looking for, you know, figures that I might not have known even existed. We did that for half a day, actually. We only planned to do, like, a quick looky-loo walkthrough. He thought he'd pick up a few figures. We spent, we got there about 9.30. We didn't leave till early afternoon. Yeah, I looked through all those bins and saw all these different types of figures from the various eras. You know, the Build-A-Figures being sold on their own without having to buy all the individual figures. So if you just wanted Fing Fang Foom, there he was. How much was he? 45 Wow, I would have grabbed that. And they also had Modoc for, I think, 40 the Build-A-Figure legend. So I, it's probably still going to be their next show if you want it. And they have the shows every couple of months. About every three to four months. I think we might make a road trip down next time. Do the Summer Toy Man show. It's only on Sunday. The next one is May 11th, which we won't be able to go to because we'll be in Seattle. But it's great. Four bucks to get in. It's Sunday from 9 a.m. to, I think, 5. It's a lot of fun. They have a drawing every hour for prizes, and you can win lifetime admission. There's really bad hot dogs you could eat. I got the Punisher game for the Nintendo system, the NES, for $4. Nice. <laughs> I ended up picking up a super cool Amazing Spider-Man snow globe. Not from the new movie, but just the Amazing Spider-Man. It's actually called a water ball. It looks pretty new based on the art and the logo and things. What's the copyright on this? 2007. So not very new, but not incredibly old. New in package. That is a Spider-Man water ball. It's pretty cool. I like the web on the base. Is that glitter floating around in the water? It is. That's pretty neat. Ten bucks my magic price and the guy said it and I was like alright that's fate <laughs> if they say the price that I have in my head that means I'm buying it regardless I'm not going to hassle because that means it was meant to be I do that all the time do you? So okay so it's not just me <laughs> I'm just so happy I agreed with myself that if he says this then I'm good yep <laughs> Well, they were also very good. They were the same people I bought a bunch of Atari 2600 and Nintendo Entertainment System games from. And so it was $10 for the globe. But then we just put a whole pile of stuff together and he looked at it. It was like 25 Okay. So it was probably like $6 mm-hmm. all told if we divvied up the discounts. But it was really cool. I mean, they had a lot of stuff from all eras. A handful of comic books that were exorbitantly expensive in my mind. There was one that I was kind of looking at. I'm like, that might be fun to read. $125? Okay. No. I'm sure it's collected in a trade somewhere. (laughs) Or digitized. But it was a good show. We bought a lot this time. But yeah, when I came out, Marjorie went to get the car. And I said, I'm just going to stop and look at those 10-inch figures. I'll be right out. And then when she can't see me, just a walking stack of boxes coming at her. That kind of works 
worried me. That was a little disconcerting. And she starts yelling, there's no room in the car. And I'm like, oh, there's plenty of room if we put them here and here and tuck one under your seat. And do you mind having one by your feet as I drive? Yeah, that's what it ended up being. (laughs) But it got me really primed and pumped. I mean, I bought a ton of toys. I spent less than $100. And I am so ready for the next one, C2E2, where last year they just had a ton of toys. That was the primary reason. This is, the panels were announced and there's a lot of comic panels, a lot of Marvel panels, but honestly, I just prefer to read the wrap-ups of a lot of these panels on comic book resources or something when they're over with, rather than sitting through them. Okay, I have something to admit about panels. I find a lot of them boring. I'm sorry. I, I'm sure that it's just the subject matter is great for some people, but I have a hard time unless it's really something I'm interested in, and sometimes you have to cover such a broad range that they can't keep everyone's interest, and that's what happens. I, I found, even if it's a topic I'm desperately interested in, I'm exceptionally bored. I realized this last year at Comic-Con. Nick Cage and Idris Elba and the what, brothers who directed Ghost Rider 2 were all up on stage, and I'm checking my watch. It's like if you <laughs> wait, got wait, the- wait. Are you guys saying that we're supposed to be paying attention at these panels? I thought that was just nap time. <laughs> it, I did take a nap. You I, did. I, it was wonderful. <laughs> It was a nice, cool room. It wasn't too hot. It was dark. It was fantastic. Everyone was quiet. And then the same thing with the Amazing Spider-Man panel. We had Jean Rise Ivins and Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone and the director all up there. And I was just really, really bored. It's the same stuff again and again, like you hear with director's commentaries. I got excited during both of those when they'd show footage, which was maybe a couple minutes out of an hour-long panel. Yeah. So if there was like a Hasbro panel, I'd certainly go, but I don't think there's any panels I'm going. This is purely a shopping trip because last year I was picking up Kotobukiya fine art statues for $90 and Marvel Legends new and packaged for $2 a piece. Yeah. See, that's my type of show right there. What fun is it to, you know, go online and start bidding on eBay on figures that you think you might want? I think the fun in getting old figures is just finding them randomly. Well, let's talk about online bidding for just a moment here. Because at C2E2, there's a really cool event going on. Which we mentioned last show, the auction for the official movie props for Thor, Captain America, and I think a couple Incredible Hulk things that were left over. But really, let's just talk about Captain America. So, yeah, that's super exciting. We'll be there. Marjorie has started, on the first show when we talked about this, Marjorie was like, ah, we'll see, we'll see. Now I'm getting text messages. If the shields go too high, what about these posters? These posters are cool. What about this? Do you think we could get this? (laughs) Oh, you know what? This year looks pretty cool. I'm at their website, and already there's been like three people that I'd be interested in seeing. John Cusack's there. Uh, Val Kilmer. John Cusack's from Chicago, and so I think he's there for a free trip home to visit the family. <laughs> I've noticed a lot of Chicago celebrities kind of get free airfare by showing up at a con. I think he can afford airfare. What's Val Kilmer's excuse? <laughs> They're feeding him? <laughs> you leave nipple Batman alone. <laughs> I love Val Kilmer. <laughs> So we'll be bringing you news from that on our next show. So that's all the con news, but let's go to the more mainstream toys that have come out this year in... The Spectacular Store Report. Have you guys noticed Toys R Us is playing the not sure how much we want to charge for Marvel Legends game again? Yeah, that is painful and just reinforces my decision to buy them all online by the case. Yeah. 
Yeah, I you know I heard some reports and saw it locally here, and they've gone up to nineteen ninety nine, which you know isn't terrible thinking that's only a dollar more than what they had them or two dollars more, but they're going the wrong way. They need to have somebody go out there and see that everybody else is charging less money for these instead of going up. You know, maybe be a little more competitive with it. I've heard people finding them for twenty one ninety nine in some places in more populated areas. Yeah, one of our photo editors, Jeff, in California, posted a picture on our Facebook wall at yeah twenty two dollars a figure. Yikes, that's getting crazy. Here's the thing: is I think Toys R Us is becoming a specialty boutique, and like any specialty boutique, if you need a hammer. You could go to your local Ace Hardware and buy a hammer, or you can go to Walmart and buy a hammer cheaper. And this is why Walmart is squeezing out all the other businesses, is they have that purchasing power. They they pay less than Toys R Us for the toys because they buy more and sell more of the toys. Very true. But at the same time, they need to be a little smarter with their collector fans, because I think collectors help you know, Toys R Us out just as much as the grandmas and grandpas who go there shopping a couple times a year for the grandkids. Those are the people they need to be fleecing, you know, charge $20 <laughs> extra for a bike or, you know, <laughs> but leave us collectors alone or we're going to stop coming there. Where I really think their bread and butter is, is diapers and wipes. Yeah, that's what it always says on the coupon. This coupon's good for everything but diapers and formula. Mm-hmm. So is there, like, price fixing with that stuff now, or what? Is it, like, video games with diapers and wipes? It's just... No, I'm saying that's why that sometimes we'll go in, and the entire front of the store is diapers and wipes, is because the baby stuff everybody needs, you have the standard markup, and you make a lot of money on and it. And I don't understand why ours has a baby section, because there's a baby RS right next door. Yeah, makes no sense. They should Put just more toys in. No kidding. It's it is well, disappointing, they... but I've no I did notice that price increase and it just comes down to how much are you willing to pay? And I know people on our Facebook page who've collected Marvel Legends since the Toy Biz days like you have, Justin, who go, you know, we used to pay eight ninety nine for these when Toy Biz did them. Yeah. I think, you know, for me personally, I, you know, I may still pick up one or two here or there if it's somebody I've been looking for and I haven't seen it anywhere else. You know, the extra $4 isn't going to kill me. But what I'm not going to do is if I happen to find a new wave there first, I'm not going to pick up the whole wave because that's just prohibitive. You know, an extra $5, you know, after you buy three of them, that's a whole nother figure that you could have just bought at Target. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is insane. They've also raised prices on their three and three quarter inch figures, too, all up to about 10 bucks a figure. Yeah, including the Thor and Cap figures, which should be on clearance at this point, rather than going up to 10 bucks each. It's funny because they have clearance stickers on a few of their items, and they've marked off 50 cents to put a clearance <laughs> sticker on. They have a plethora of those like eight-inch Thor figures with the four points of articulation. And if mm-hmm. I go down three doors to TJ Maxx, they have that same Thor figure for four ninety-nine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I understand what they're trying to do. They're creating an aisle there that has, you know, all of the action figures, starting with DC, moving into Marvel and throughout the movie properties. But come on, Thor and Cap are the old toys at this point. So if you're going to have your Avengers at $10 a piece, keep Cap and Thor a little bit lower. You're at a modern Toys R Us compared to me. I've got Iron Man 2 sitting there staring at me. Oh, no. <laughs> But going the better way, this past week, Target had a sale on their Marvel Universe figures for seven ninety nine. They completely sold out at my local Target. I went in, there was not a single MU figure left on the pegs. That's good, though. It is. That means new stock. Yeah. Yeah, that's 
awesome for you. It hasn't really done much around here as far as I can tell, or either that or they're replenishing with the same four revision cases over and over again. But I could I could head out right now and find you some pretty hard-to-find figures from the past just sitting at Target's, which is, I mean, it's great for the hobby. It's great for new collectors to be able to go out and get some of those guys. But new waves coming? I don't know. Could be clogged up around here for a while then. I might need some of those figures that are missed, though, and we haven't even seen those revision cases around here much. Maybe a few remnants at a Walmart. I'll see, like, a bullseye or something sitting around. Hmm. Yeah, it's been it's been pretty crazy around here as far as that goes. And it got me to thinking, too. I mean, I know we're complaining a little bit about price increases and stuff here, but I was I was thinking about it the other day. It's like, am I really going to get excited for saving a dollar on a Marvel <laughs> Universe figure when it's still $8? That still seems a little too pricey, but it is what it is. I completely agree. That's why I'm stunned that the dollar off really got the figures moving at my target. I'm like, really, people? A buck? That's what did it? A buck? If it was even BOGO, I'd get it. But a buck? Yeah. <laughs> but it is coming up on Easter. That's the only thing I can say is, again, maybe the grandmas. Little Joey loves Spider-Man, and it's on <laughs> sale. Now, which Spider-Man to get him? Spider-Man 2099? <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> Buy your children and grandchildren that. <laughs> it, just, it just seems like the stores are going around and realizing the popularity of these products and upping the price on them, you know, because I've noticed that the comic packs are creeping up in price too. And now they're at Target. I saw them at $17.99. Wow. These started off at $11 when we first started getting these. And now they're up to $18. For the repack ones, that becomes a real waste. Yeah, I'm more than happy to give you $18 for a good pack like the Daredevil and Bullseye, where it's two brand new figures with brand new sculpts. But what about for another Wolverine and Captain America? Exactly. Exactly. It makes it a little hard to keep up with those at that price. Well, Justin, don't worry, because things are going the other way, too. I found some Marvel Universe figures for $5. What? At my local family dollar after saying I wouldn't go. <laughs> you risked your life and went to family dollar? I did, for these little rubbery figures. <laughs> oh, what are these? This is the Family Dollar exclusive figure of Captain America, Spider-Man, and Iron Man. It says collect them all, so I did. <laughs> now, can you confirm that they are the same as the vehicle pack-in ones? You know what? They look like the same sculpts to me. They really do, but they feel different. From the vehicle pack-ins I've opened, which I don't have every vehicle with every pack-in, I don't remember the figures feeling so rubbery. They feel like Bendems. They really, yeah, do. And there's only five points of articulation on Iron Man here. Well, they could have used the same molds as those figures and used just a much cheaper plastic. It's cheap plastic, all right. I think that's what they might have done. Don't put them in your mouth, guys. Uh, what? Don't eat them? Too late. <laughs> don't, don't put them in your mouth. Too late. <laughs> and they don't even have, like, bubbles that they stay on. They're literally, like, clear rubber banded to the back of the card. There's holes in the back of the card for the rubber bands to Look, keep the figures in place. how do you think they keep the prices so low there, Arnie? Wow, these are, like, true bootlegs. These are, like, Turkish gold. Wow. They don't look bad. I mean, the paint on them is pretty good, but yeah, they're, this cap, I think, is the exact same as the pack-in from the other one. The Iron Man just, he feels far more rubbery than the one that came with, like, the red racing car. I think I'd be into these if they were true bootlegs produced by Marvel. Like, you know, give us Captain USA and make him <laughs> opposite color, make him red and blue. <laughs> 
Give us Man of Iron. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I didn't want to go back to Family Dollar, but... It is kind of dangerous. I was driving literally past one for work. I decided I'd go in. It, this would be the test. I'll go in. If they have them, I was meant to buy them. If not, I'll never go again. There they were. <laughs> now, did they have a bunch of them? Or did Just two like sets. Two, two full sets of three is all they had. I bought you the spare set, Justin, if you want it. I don't know, 15 bucks. That's a Marvel Legend figure. We can float, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe I might. You know, I can if I can be the one person in America that has them because I avoided going into a Family Dollar to own them <laughs> without paying a premium on eBay, I might hold that honor. I love the Spider-Man because he looks like the Oscar statue. <laughs> Jeff is the one who pointed that out when I posted the picture on Facebook. I think he said, and the Spidey goes too because he's got the close-together <laughs> legs and the... Arms and just the right pose. Yeah, he's got like the uh, ready to hold a book arms. <laughs> Hands are posed just right. It is weird because they're stuck like that. He only has shoulder articulation. So you are stuck with Oscar Spidey. It reminds <laughs> me of the Star Wars figures of my youth with this articulation. It is literally that level of four, five points. Shoulders, hips, and neck. That's all we needed in our day. The neck is ball jointed, though. I can tilt his head from side to side, and he can look at me like my mother. <laughs> also at Family Dollars, but not at mine, but Scott from Tulsa let me know about these. They have three packs of Marvel Miniature Alliance figures for $5. Hmm. And you get Iron Man, or Spider-Man, Black Spider-Man, and Venom. Captain America, Iron Man, and Thor, and Hulk, Black Widow, and Hawkeye. Now, what are are they? Just little? They're little PVC figures that are about two inches high. Another entry into that smaller than three inches Marvel action figure. It's the same ones you saw like the six pack of at Toys R Us. Remember, they had the Marvel Miniature Alliance like six packs. Oh yeah. Hmm. I suppose if they had Red Hulk, I might be a little bit tempted. Well, let's go the other way. We're talking about two-inch figures. Let's talk about the six-inch figures because they seem to be pretty dang popular. Like everywhere I go, they're they're there and gone and sold out. I think Marvel Legends has brought a lot of people back into collecting. I've seen a lot of people that I've never seen on toy runs in years and years out at the stores buying Marvel Legends. So that's a that's a testament to the popularity of this line. They are selling crazy here. They are gone in a blink. I always go to the store and see new remnants letting me know some have been there, but they mock me. <laughs> well, I was able to find Wave 2 for the most part between Toys R Us before the price hike and a Walmart store. And it seems to be the same case of the variants or non-variants, I suppose we'll have to argue about which is or which based on the card art. But I was able to get, you know, all six of them, enough to build the Arnim Zola figure. But now the hunt continues because I still need the variants. I was able to purchase these between Walmart and Toys R Us, but you went the online route, right? You ordered a case? I did. I ordered a case, or actually a set from Brian's Toys. A set was a little bit cheaper than a case, and it didn't give me a spare Captain America figure that I didn't need. Exactly. And so, I, because Brian's Toys had them in stock and with a coupon code, I ended up getting the full set. But we were discussing which variants of the figures, because out of seven figures in this wave, is it four that have different variants? Yeah. I mean, let's just start with number one. Number one is Dark Wolverine. 
and he's shipping with mask on and mask off. You know, you get the Dakin head with the mohawk, and that's the one that I've seen at the store. Is that the same one you got, is mask off, Dakin? Indeed. All the ones that I've seen in the store are the same versions of these figures that I got. Okay. So I think this goes back to what David Vonner was telling us back at New York Comic Con. They ship the variant figures first, like Cable with Baby Hope was the variant. They ship them first, and then they ship the regular version. So I think we have the variants, and we don't have the regulars, but they're going to ship at about equal quality, so they're kind of both variants. Yeah, and I suppose there's going to be a difference between variants and the pre-planned running change, because two of these figures aren't necessarily variants. They're just different characters coming out in a planned rollout. But let's stick with Wolverine here, the the dark Wolverine. Dakin. Dakin. I dig the arm tattoo. They really nailed that. And I actually kind of prefer the mask off version because I, having been in the Marvel Legends game for so long, I have more Wolverines than I know what to do with. So when the masked version comes out, I'll probably skip that and just stick with this one as my dark Wolverine. But they really nailed the head sculpt here. This guy looks like he came right out of Mad Max. I like him quite a bit with the bone claws and the mohawk. Yeah, it's a mixture of X-Men and Mad Max and just a great representation of this character from the art I've seen in the comics. He looks mean, and they got a really good mean face on him. They give him that punky sneer, I think. The arm tattoos are great. The paint they use for him is nice and glossy. It looks like fresh tats versus aged tats. They did make the arm better, you're right. The tattoo, it's a very glossy paint that looks nice. I don't like his boots. They look very anime. Well, that's that's a Wolverine style, too. He has that on some of his outfits, too. Yeah. They kind of flare out. This one has some articulation in it that we haven't seen previous to this on some of the other figures because a lot of people complained about there not being the midfoot or toe articulation. Well, it's back here. Bacon has a foot that can bend upward so you can do some crouching poses and whatnot. And then he has the double hinged knees and the ball hinged hips, swivel waist, double hinged elbows and all that good stuff. So all in all, this is exactly what you expect out of Marvel Legends, a highly detailed and a highly articulated figure. I agree with the articulation here. I haven't collected them as long as you have, but with the Toy Biz ones I've gotten, this fits in so perfectly with the look and the articulation and the joints and whatnot. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with it. Having to have another Wolverine-ish figure, I'm glad we, we got Dakin this time. And then figure number two is the one of the running change figures. It's the two guys of the wrecking crew. So the one that I found is Pile Driver. As that's the one that I got as well. Now the way you can tell that these are either a variant or a running change is it seems like the running change ones show both characters on the card art, knowing that both of them are eventually going to come out. The variants seem to only show one one person there. So on the front of this card, you get to see both Pile Driver and Thunderball. I think this figure rocks. I like big figures, and I cannot lie. And this is a big figure. This guy's got a really demented facial expression. Like, you're just not in on the joke. Yeah, these guys are twisted. They're all a little bit kind of crazy. That's what makes them the wrecking crew. But yeah, this is, I think, the first big, bulky figure we've gotten so far in the line, in the new line. And I dig it. You know, it's got the new style swivel cut hip articulation rather than the ball hinge. Yeah, there's no way you couldn't pose him. Yeah. You get the single hinged elbow this time, but I don't think it, you know, is all that much of a hindrance. What's his ball for? Is it a wrecking ball? He just 
Yes. Yep. And it's actually kind of light. It's light enough for him to still hold it up above his head and whatnot, so you can get him in some neat poses. I love the size of the ball, too. I mean, it's just, it's great. Well, I do like big balls. <laughs> it's a good size for a ball. It's a good size. Some balls are held for charity. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm actually excited to see the next shipment of these because I'd like to get Thunderball and be halfway done with the Wrecking Crew. And I, I'm also interested to find out if they use the same body, thus making this somewhat of a variant. Is it going to be the same body with a repaint and a new new sculpt on the head? Which I'm assuming is probably what they're going to do. There's nothing super individualized about this particular body. They both wear gloves. They both have body suits on. I think that's the intent, is the head swap, which makes Unmasked and Masked Wolverine every bit as much of a different figure as Thunderball and Pile Driver. Yeah. And our next figure is the second Captain America in as many waves that we've seen already. And add to that the Captain Americas we got in the Captain America movie six inch line. And we've gotten quite a few Captain Americas in the Marvel Legends scale over the last year. To be honest, I didn't realize this was coming this wave. I just got confused wave one and wave two. I'm like, Cap, yeah, he's in that wave. And then now that I have him, I'm like, oh, he's in both. (laughs) Well, obviously, yeah, we got the Steve Rogers from the first wave. And now this one is more of the Bucky Cap. And it's, you know, obviously his more shiny and sleek outfit with his mask on and all that good stuff. It's a cool figure. It's good enough. I feel like I'm just a little burned out on Captain America right now. I like that it's Bucky Cap. Do they Have they made a Bucky Cap before? I don't think so. Not in Legends, I don't think so. Yeah, I knew we had him in the three and three quarter, but he's too new of a character for Legends. Yep, there was a Marvel Select version in the same outfit, too. I think I may own that one, honestly. I think I do, too. I think it was the one that made me decide not to buy human characters in Marvel Select anymore. Uh, By picking him up, I got free shipping from Toys R Us, and it was basically free. (laughs) But he's got a nice metallic blue paint up top, which is nice. And, you know, mine has a nice solid paint app. And there's a few there, because I think this is the one that ships, like you said, multiple in a case. So I was able to look for the best one, but all of his eyes were just a little bit wonky. I lucked out then. My eyes look perfect. It's your turn to luck out every once in a while, I guess. Uh, Ouch! (laughs) He usually gets screwed on the paint apps. He does. You know, he's got a nice pistol that he can hold in his hand very nicely. It's got the trigger finger and a nice holster that it fits in, and he's got his knife that also is a sheath on his side, and his his shield can fit on his wrist or pop in the peg hole on his back. So, I mean, it's a good utilitarian figure. It's minor, but I love that the sheath for the knife is different than the sheath for the gun, and so they fit in really well and aren't going to just fall all over the place. Well, they're different shaped. Right. But, I mean, they might have used the same part over and again, and ah. here, the fact that they molded it for that piece matters. Yeah. He's also got articulated wrists, which is a nice thing. He can bend his wrist back and forth. Did the others not? Dakin did, and Wrecking Crew has very little hand articulation, actually. Pile Driver has, he can swivel at the top of his glove, and that's about it, which is fine by me. I'd rather see a nicely sculpted hand than what they've done in the past, where they try to do individual fingers or even fingers that are articulated, because those, that, that just never works out. Guns just end up falling out of the hands when you do that. Yeah, I've not been a huge fan of that when they did the fig fingers. I have a few figures with the fingers, and it doesn't work out so well. I mean, I know, Justin, when we've talked about Hot Toys, you've been a proponent of why do I need multiple hands when I have these fully articulated hands? Because those fully articulated hands just don't quite ever look as right as a pre-posed hand. 
Yeah, especially with human characters. I mean, I suppose my experience with them has been with, you know, Iron Man and, and War Machine. So uh, to me, they look just fine. But I can see that with, you know, a flesh-colored hand, it would look kind of odd. Did you notice a really shapely ass they gave Captain America? No, but I'm kind of glad I didn't. <laughs> Come here and look at Wolverine, but standard, but nothing special there. Pile driver. Just kind of got a regular old action figure, but then you get Captain America, fully defined cheeks and crack. Look at that. Yeah, it's voluptuous. It is voluptuous. Do you see it? Well, after paying for the implants, the, he felt he should show them off. I guess he's working out. <laughs> He is a super soldier. Rise and shine. That, <laughs> that is odd. That's a very well-defined butt crack. It is, isn't it? Next up, you may have the coolest-looking figure of this entire wave, and it's a wave of cool-looking figures, and that's Drax. We had him in the Guardians of the Galaxy 3-pack and 3 and 3 quarter inch. Now here he is, 6 inches with two knives. And one incredible head sculpt. He's got silver eyes. This is a pretty great figure. You know, they've got the the jeans on him, and they are sculpted nicely over his boots, so it looks nice and natural. I mean, it hinders the foot articulation, ankle articulation a little bit, but it still looks nice. I just really like the sculpt of it. I think that it's very well defined. Does he have a shield or anything? Because there's a peg hole in his back. Oh, that's actually a hoop for the way his belt is made. In the middle of his back? Yeah, like it's two straps of leather that go around like a metal loop. Well, no, no. he has a, he does have that on his belt, but he's also got a hole in his back like Captain America, which usually Captain America is a shield storage thing. You're right. See, I see Captain America's shield now. The cap shield just goes on his back. I bet they reuse the torso. No, it's a different torso. It is. There's different muscles there. Mm-hmm. I was looking at the same thing. Uh, the ab articulation is a little different. It's like the little joint is taller on Captain America. Yeah, that's odd. He didn't come with anything to put in there. Well, I'm just nosy. <laughs> but he does have his two knives, which he can hold or put in his back of his belt. Then also there's a knife that's sculpted into his forearm. It has some bands wrapped around it. It looks pretty cool. First thing I did with that was try to pull it out, though, because after Captain America with the sheath, I thought maybe this came out. No. Well, it's sculpted so well that it looks like it might be an individual piece that's just wrapped in there, which makes for the, instead of wrist articulation, he gets mid-arm articulation for the swivel there. No, I think it's badass looking, and even though I'm not a huge fan of the character, this is going to look great on a shelf. Definitely. Now we just need a rocket raccoon. In this scale. Phantom X? Phantom X. At some point, he was in X-Men. Okay. Oh, yeah. He obviously was in the X-Men, judging by the belt. I've seen comic books with him before without all this extra black stuff on him. And maybe they just thought that putting this stuff on him would make him look a little more interesting as an action figure. But I'd almost prefer the white version of this costume. Makes him more ninja, I guess. I love the black and white, though. It's so striking. It is. I I mean, I, I dig it, and maybe somewhere down the line we'll get an unannounced variant without the black on it. But here it is. We get Nick Fury's trench coat <laughs> in white this time. <laughs> he is a good-looking figure. What's funny to me, though, is he reminds me of the comic book character from Nightmare on Elm Street 5, The Dream Child, with the two guns and the mask and the black and white. I don't know if I'm familiar with The Dream Child. 
Yeah, he just became like this comic book masked marauder and had two guns and blasted the hell out of Freddy until Freddy turned into Super Freddy and fought back. But you have to see it in the black and white scenes because in the color scenes it looks different because it's in brown. But when he's in black and white, it's very... That's what this is reminding me of. I just haven't read the comics with him in it. I probably need to, but he's only came out in 2002 per wiki. So I just haven't hit those issues of X-Men. Yeah. and he's, I mean, he's a cool looking figure. You know, all the same articulation we talked about on on the Dakin figure. He's got a cool masked face and pretty good paint apps, as far as I can tell on mine, and two holsters that fit both of his pistols with extended cartridges in them. I just love the black and white. I don't know why it's so cool. It kind of reminds me of the snow scene from Inception, because that was a very cool scene with the white. It was very strange. And they all have the masks on uh-huh. with the goggles. I yeah. can see that. And then they oh, made that's a... who these guys are. He's from Die Hard 2. Yeah. <laughs> the goons on the snowmobiles. <laughs> then next we have one of the two femme fatales that we're going to get in this wave, the Madame Hydra one. And they had to really stretch. I mean, the Wrecking Crew is a team, but here they just had to put Marvel's Madams. Yeah. <laughs> the third variant is Heidi Fleiss, you know. <laughs> <laughs> You're funny. Yeah, this is the standard female body that we've been getting, you know, for a while. And, you know, mine's been a little difficult to stand. I can never quite get the legs to even up. I had that problem a lot with the female figures. Black Widow and Valkyrie from those Toys R Us 2-packs. I could barely ever get those figures to stay standing. Yeah. That's a common theme with action figures unless you want to put them on stands. Do they make stands for Marvel Legends? I don't know that they make them specifically for Marvel Legends, but the peg holes are pretty close to the same size as the vintage, like, Star Wars size peg holes on some of them. So you could try that. And I also know that the DC 6-inch do have stands, and those work as well. But I'm a rebel. I go standless with my Marvel Legends. Do they fall? Knock on wood, I haven't had any major avalanches. One might fall over now and again, but... You talked about the standard female body, and that's fine. I'm really not a fan of this head. I think she looks like a drag queen. Yeah, she looks like an old lady. It's the harsh. The features are really harsh. It's a harsh nose, harsh eyes, and really high cheekbones. It's not a good one. Although, it looks like her boobs were just like balloons they stapled to her body. That's terrible breasts. (laughs) This This is what happens... When you get implants that are bad, don't get implants in Mexico, ladies. <laughs> this is what you end up with. They look terrible. Yeah, they. I wouldn't go after that rack, yeah. No. It's... Who was that puppet from, like, the late 70s, early 80s that was, like, on solid gold and all that stuff? Was that Madam? Madam. Yep. Yep, see, there you go. That's who they sculpted her face after. That's who she looks like. Yep, you're absolutely right. <laughs> well, it does say Marvel's Madams. They just didn't mean from the comics. <laughs> but she has, like, some green streaks highlighting in her hair, which... Hmm, okay. It's a nice detail. I mean, it helps make up for the face, but this is definitely a figure that goes in the back of the collection there with that head. I um, think it's got Captain America's butt. <laughs> oh, yep, she's got a nice defined badonkadonk. Maybe the same sculptor worked on those two. And she's so green, she has to come with a green gun. <laughs> Hydra is a very color-conscious organization. Hey, your evil people are always very fashionable. They're they're brand-aware. They know what exactly. they're doing. <laughs> and with that, we have all the pieces we need to make Arnie Zola. Arnie Zola. <laughs> Sounds like a kind of cheese. 
<laughs> Hargonzola. <laughs> I was a little bit underwhelmed with the size of the completed Arnie Zola figure. <laughs> <laughs> Felt like he should be a little bit bigger. Oh, this is the build figure? Yeah. Yeah, why isn't it bigger? Well, in the Toy Biz days, when figures were $8... They were able to allow you to build a Galactus and a Sentinel and, a, you know, Hasbro did give us Fing Fang Foom, but nowadays it's basically just a regular figure. Or yes. But I feel like he could have been at least the same size as the Wrecking Crew guys. He's still, you know, two heads shorter than the Wrecking Crew. But is, I mean, again, we always say the art differs book to book, but is he supposed to be physically imposing or is he supposed to be, you know, intelligent and everything? Right. Very true. Could have just been my perception and my thoughts as what a build a figure should be or how big it should be. Now, with Madam Hydra, we got the Red Skull variant chest face. Which you can pop out if you want and put a picture of Arnie in there. And that's where you get your Arnie Zula. I'm going to do that with this one. <laughs> I was kind of partially expecting that piece in there to be lenticular or something. I kind of thought so, too. I, I'm actually a little disappointed with how that looks. I understand making two of them, maybe they had to be a little economical. But from the pictures we saw... It looked cooler than it does in person where it's just, it is just a drawing with a piece of plastic over it. It's got like a matte piece of plastic is what it is. It's, that's why they, why you guys thought it was like lenticular or something. Mm -hmm. It's frosted almost. It would be an easy mod. You could easily cut out a picture and paste over there. Yeah, it feels like the purple plastic around is kind of rubbery. You could probably almost work that out. Yeah, that's what I was just doing, but I wanted to wreck Arnie's figure. Not the build a figure. That's the one that you have to I buy, know. you know, know six know. figures to build. <laughs> I also like that he's kind of ice cream maker guy orange. <laughs> ice cream well, maker. Maybe they don't want to paint like over from a few thing figures. <laughs> yeah, it looks like all new parts here, though. Like, I'm not picking up any pieces here from figures of old. I suppose part of the legs look like they might work with a Colossus at some point. Possibly. You'd have to re-sculpt the boots. I mean, I don't know if you'd actually have any savings by the time you did that. Yeah. Then the final figure of the wave, Spider-Man. Spider-Man. What happened to Spider-Man? Future Foundation, Spider-Man. I I refuse to acknowledge that. (laughs) This will drive some of the completionists a little bit nutty because we have the other three characters from the Future Foundation in Marvel Universe but still need the Spider-Man for Marvel Universe. And now we have Spider-Man in Marvel Legends but nobody to go with him. (laughs) I kind of like it. You know, it's back to the black and white we were saying. I like this design. I've always thought it was striking. I never quite understood why Spider-Man has to run home and change clothes before he appears in that other comic and then go home and change back to the red and blues for this comic. Seems a little bit silly to me, but I guess Thing and red and blue spandex would be equally silly. (laughs) I I like it. I think it's cool looking. It kind of reminds me of, like, you know, the anti-Venom figure. This is the anti-Spider-Man. I don't like that his hands are completely stuck in the sign of the devil pose. Concert. <laughs> he's a web slinger and he's got one fist. I like the double jointed knees, no toe articulation on him. No, but the side to side ankle articulation, which is nice on the Spider Man, so you can get him in some good crouching poses. Yeah, but I thought the toes would have some good crouches too. With his hand in this pose only, and the other one just balled into a fist, there's not a whole lot we can do. I mean, as far as making him in the crouching poses or anything. Very true. Now, from what I can tell, this is 
a lot of the same parts from the uh, Black Spider-Man that came in the Red Hulk Build-A-Figure wave a few years ago. So they made a good use of parts. I think it's different hands and possibly a different head to have a little more sharper eyes sculpted in there. But personally, I'm more excited for the big-time Spidey to start shipping. That one looked so cool at San Diego and New York when we saw it in person. That's the one I really want a lot. This one, I like the black and white. I'm not a big fan of the eyes on this one. I know it's it just isn't working for me in three dimensions the way it does in two, if that makes sense. I can see that. That big time Spidey, though, like that green just looks like it's glowing. The paint apps on it are so awesome. Mm-hmm. I hope the final version is as good because it looked so great at the shows. So that is wave two of Marvel Legends Sans the variants, which we'll talk about as soon as we find them. But we've kind of already gone over them. So maybe maybe we won't talk about them. <laughs> well, we'll talk about the paint apps and different sculpts. I'm of the ones I'm curious to see if. Big Time Spidey is as good as we saw in the show. I'm curious to see how Madam Mask's face works. And I don't have a Wolverine Legends. Oh, I have one that came with a motorcycle, but I don't have a mask on Wolverine Legends. So it'll be my first. Kind of. They'll still have bone claws. Yeah, it's still Dakin, so it's still two claws. I get the feeling that the variants are probably going to show up at Target. Now, I've heard people finding those variants at Toys R Us along with the regular ones here and there, but I haven't seen them yet or haven't seen so many reports that I think that they're hitting pretty wide. But it feels like Target is primed to get the wave of them that's going to be the variants, and probably pretty soon, too. So that's where I'm going to focus my efforts. Well, if you find any, grab them for me, because in my area, Legends, I've never even seen half the figures I got out of this case. Captain America is the one that I find everywhere because he's two per case. Sometimes I'll see a Phantom X, and that's about it. And I st- I find every so often a few remnants of Wave 1, and even that isn't in mass. I find the original Iron Man and the other Captain America, and that's it. No Ghost Rider, no Stealth Iron Man. These things are just being gobbled up, even at Toys R Us prices. Yeah, I have one target by me that has four of the Stealth Iron Man sitting there. Did you break down yet? Not yet. I'm going to when, like, two of them disappear. I'm going to be like, all right, I'll get one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of hard-to-find variants, let's talk Avengers toys as we're getting closer and closer. And I want to ask our listeners, if anyone has found the figure number six Thor without a helmet on, because on the card there is no helmet. If you found him without a helmet, let me know, because I keep hitting stores and looking, and first of all, I can only find Thor number six and Hawkeye at Walmarts. I'm not seeing those figures at Toys R Us's or Target's. Yeah, it's the same around here, too, and since since you brought that to my attention, I've been looking pretty hard for that, and I haven't seen any hint of him. And like you said, the only place I've even seen the other version of him is at Walmart. And I'm wondering if it's going to be like Odin with Thor last year, where he had the gold on his outfit, and they just didn't have it right for the production at time or something, and it was months later that the revision figures came out. Yeah, it's very possible. But then again, we saw the first two waves of these ship almost simultaneously, and like there's still yet another wave of figures to come, so maybe he's just packed in, in with those, because we still need the Black Widow and the movie version of Hawkeye to come out too, so... I also found when I was at Toys R Us looking for Legends and Thor number six, you know how right when you go in, they have the reusable shopping bags that you can get for a couple bucks and you're supposed to reuse them for shopping and they have all the different toy licenses on them. 
Yeah. They now have an Avengers one with that standard Avengers art that you see on hmm. everything. Are you going to get it? I don't need reusable shopping bag. and it's... Yeah, I'm not that kind of person. No. I don't do that. <laughs> I actually said to myself, if Toys R Us has any toys I need today, I will get a reusable shopping bag to take them out to my car. But they had nothing new, so I passed on the reusable shopping bag. But if you're the kind of person who goes to a grocery store and wants to show your Avengers fan flag, that would be one way to go. I already reuse my shopping bags. They're called car garbage bags. <laughs> I agree completely. They're also called lunch bags. <laughs> Those people with their fancy insulation. <laughs> Highfalutin. Highfalutin. But what I did break down and buy are some trading cards. The Avengers movie trading cards are hitting. I picked up a couple packs of Thor and a couple packs of Cap last year. Not too impressed with those. I wasn't overly impressed, but at Targets right now, although not mine, but I've had reports from across the country from listeners who found them at Targets, you can get the Avengers set. You know, when they do these cards, they have retail decks that you get at Target and such, and those have really cheap, rare pack-ins, like stickers and things. And then there's the hobby packs that you get at your comic store and things, and those are the ones where you'll have actual, like, hand-sketched sketch cards and things. And the comic store ones have only seven cards per pack, and they're $4.39. But I found for $5 at Walmart, just in a checkout lane... Were these Avengers packs of cards? They're completely loaded up with Avengers movie arts, the same kind of art you'd find on that reusable shopping bag. <laughs> We're going to get sick of that art. Yes, I'm almost <laughs> there already. Yeah. And whether you buy them at the hobby store or whether you buy them at Walmart, what you get here is a huge deck of cards that spans all the Avengers movies. So we get cards from Iron Man 1, then Hulk, Iron Man 2, Captain America, Thor, and then we get to the meat of it. Of the 176-card deck, 86 of the cards are from the Avengers movie. Uh-huh. And there are two packs of 15 conjoined, and it seems every pack of 15, one of the cards is a sticker card. And so I have a few stickers, like this is, again, that same yeah, Avengers same. art. Except it's flipped. It's flipped. They're going the other way. <laughs> and I have to admit, I'm eating these things up because I'm very excited for the movie, and I want to know more, and I want to see more scenes, and I just can't wait till May. I'm right there with you. I haven't bought any cards yet, and the commercials are just making me want to wish April all the way away. <laughs> I just got the best deck ever. I don't know. I got a pretty cute picture of Tony Stark. I have not one ScarJo card, not two ScarJo cards. Nice. But three completely different ScarJo cards. <laughs> and increasingly tight zoom-ins. Yeah, that is true. They were far <laughs> shot, medium shot, close up shot. Ooh, I don't know. If the, I, I guess I got the, the booby prize. I got Agent Coulson. There's a lot of Agent Coulson in, in this deck. Why did I get a card for the terrified citizens of New York? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, it's a lady. <laughs> with, I'm like, who's she? And I turn the back. It's the citizens of New York are terrified. <laughs> and disheveled. Yeah. <laughs> to get her hair out of her face. <laughs> this extra is famous. I got an Iron Man sticker. So they're all movie stills. There's no, like, art. I haven't come across no. any. It appears to all be movie stills. The only art is on, like, the stickers. But it's art from all five. Like, I have one from Incredible Hulk, which is William Hurt wondering how his agent got him to do this. I got King Loki. <laughs> Ooh. 
So these aren't really bad for five bucks. I don't know if I even have enough to make a full set, and I can probably get full sets of the commons for $10 or three sets for $25 at C2E2. More beyond that, I don't know what I'm going to do with these cards after I assemble them. That's a problem, is I have no desire to put them in... Books. No. And put them on shelves. And But this is how hyped I am for Avengers. I'm yeah, paying yeah. people to write songs. I'm buying decks of cards. <laughs> You're crazy. <laughs> so that's what Avengers stuff I found in stores. But online, there's even more in... Sales to Astonish. We always talk about Big Bad Toy Stores, and they seem to list things before anyone else does. And right now, they have put up a whole bunch of new Avengers stuff. They have two-and-a-half-inch two-packs of Avengers figures coming. You wanted to talk more about tiny figures, Justin. <laughs> These are coming from Jack Pacific. I don't know what they are. Are they going to be like the Miniature Alliance? Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Two-and-a-half-inch, two-packs figures, set of four. Then they have broken down to Iron Man, version one, and Thor. Hulk and Iron Man, version two. Yep, just another entrance into that under three-inch non-posable action figure line again. Yeah, you can get a whole set there. It is. They have the Marvel Miniature Alliance set. So this is the Avengers entry in the Marvel Miniature Alliance. I'd be interested to find out if any of our listeners collect these aggressively. Because it seems like there's so many options when it comes to these non-posable little miniature figurines. I'm wondering if anybody has a preference towards one or if they have a rule towards can't be any taller than <laughs> three inches or <laughs> these aimed at kids. I don't know. They're also doing amazing Spider-Man ones for that movie, which are also at pre-order at BigBadToyStore.com. And then Monogram, we talked to them at Toy Fair and saw that in their PVC assortment, these are the ones that you see at Toys R Us with the letters on them and things. They're going to be doing PVC figures of the Avengers, Captain America, Hawkeye, Hulk, Iron Man, Thor, and Black Widow. So all kinds of things. Big Bad Toy Stores has those for $5.99 a piece. Or you can get a three-pack for $15. they are probably not very articulated, but they're a lot cheaper than Hasbro's toys. <laughs> yeah, maybe these are for the people that are fans like us, but just not maybe as nutty as us and have action figures strewn all across our work desks. This is for the more discerning fan. You know, little small things just for your work desk. You mean people who can control themselves? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Either I said it. But what kind of fun are people who are always in control? None. I like that you're a rebel. So rebellious that I wear polo shirts almost every single day to work. <laughs> yeah. But is there a... You know where I work, Marjorie. You used to work there. You know the dress code. Am I allowed to wear logos on my polos? I don't think you could unless it was... No one would know that wasn't software, I'll be honest. <laughs> you could just say, oh, well, it's the old SharePoint logo. No. But we love find.com, a place that we've talked about on so many shows because of their cool t-shirts and not very good art prints. <laughs> has ventured out into making polo shirts and they have a series of Marvel ones that are so cool. Many of them sold out the very first day and are now on back order. I'm kind of digging that Deadpool one. 
I knew you would. I'm liking the Spider-Man one. I like the X-Men one. I knew you would. <laughs> so we're predictable. We are. And the Avengers one I kind of like. Yeah. Because it's A for Arnie. There you go. See, that's what you could say. It's just a monogram shirt. Yeah, like Laverne. Yeah. <laughs> I see. I dig the X Men one and the and the Deadpool one because unless you're a fan of comics, that just looks like a shape or a logo. But the Spider Man is pretty easy to tell. And with how popular Avengers is about to be, most anybody would be able to look like, oh, nice Avengers shirt. Yeah. True. But it's A for Arnie. <laughs> <laughs> The Phoenix one, nobody would know, but... It, it just looks a little gaudy. It looks like <laughs> one of those polo shirts that, like, got out of control, you know, where they start making the horse really big. It does. It just looks like shirt logo. Like, <laughs> like the Phoenix ate the eyes odd. <laughs> I did like the Deadpool one and the X... The X-Men one's my overall favorite because it is so subtle. Yeah. You could get away with wearing that. I don't know where, but you could get away with wearing that and not. You know, it's one of those things that you'd have to be in it to know it. So those who know it would already get it, but everybody else would just think that you went to the Gap. (laughs) In some higher-end collectibles, man, I almost bought this. I was so close. I talked it up last show. Sideshow did another legendary-scale Iron Man bust. And this one was from the movies. It was the Mark VI Iron Man. And I was jazzed because we reviewed the Stealth Armor one on a previous show. I loved it. This one had me so hyped. But they put on an arm. And that made me a little nervous. Because I'm like, are they going to keep to their standard $200, 220 price point if they add an arm? And they added a removable chest plate. I'm like, can they really keep to the same price point? The answer is no. They can't keep to that price point. He was up to 350 Yeah. And at that price, I would expect both arms. He would just be weird with both arms. He'd almost look like amputee. But as it is with just one arm, it looks kind of weird to me. And I have a feeling that what I'm doing, I haven't decided to not get it. I had it in my cart. I told everyone I was getting it. The new release newsletter went out and said I purchased it. But the $35 non-refundable deposit mixed with not seeing it in person and knowing I will see it in person at Comic-Con and that it's not shipping till next February, so I have some time and there's no exclusive edition, created a perfect storm of patience. (laughs) You've never had that. I just, I feel like I will have the opportunity to get it later, maybe even cheaper, after I see if I really want it with that arm. Because having one arm and then just having the dangling shoulder on the other side, it's like, I don't even know what it is. And the arms have this weird, like, I'm flexing or I'm pumping iron pose yeah he's almost excited like yeah i just yeah either both arms or no arms it's the one arm i can't get past and i kind of feel like they're gonna do a mark seven anyway and joss whedon has convinced me that the triangle is ass (laughs) it is cool looking though that chest place comes off and there's little dinks and scratches on the armor And the light-up features, I mean, again, that legendary scale one I have of my stealth armor, I love it to death. I really do. And it's worth 200 easy. And this one may be worth 300 but I just, I want to see it with the arm, and maybe I wait till they do the next Iron Man. Because if Sideshow's shown me anything, it's that they're not hurting to do more Iron Mans. Like, Marjorie, for Valentine's Day, told me to pick out an item, and I really was looking at the Iron Man comicette they did instead of 
premium format. It's it's premium format scale. It's two feet tall, but it's all stone. So they call it a comic head instead of a premium format figure. I passed on it when it came out. That thing's up to 700 to 800 on eBay. And I'm like, I'll just wait. They'll do the Mark 7. <laughs> it's good thinking. They will. They most definitely will. And for other statues, Bowen, they keep hitting hard and hitting fast. They have put up two new items for pre-order. There's the Black Cat 17-inch retro statue, going back to Black Cat's more demure 70s fashion, when her boobs weren't just all hanging out all over the place. (laughs) Yeah, the kitties were a little more tame back then. Yeah, I mean, what can you say? It's it's Bowen, and like you're saying, it's it's well done, and as always, just it's not my cup of tea. Mine either. Black Cat hits my sweet spot, being Spider-Man villain who I've read now for over 20 years, but not this one. And I think because it's maybe more of the classic style, I like the Marvel some Select. Some retro's good, some's not. Yeah. That's, I think, what it boils down to. That's a very dated retro. In 10 years, that style may be in style again, but it's not. Yeah, right yeah. now, the pose and everything, it just isn't striking me as their best work. I do like the other one they came out with, the Thunderbird. That is one racist figure. <laughs> Well, this is from <laughs> X-Men in the early days under Claremont and back in the 70s and 80s. Yeah, you do that and be fine with it. I know. It's racist. <laughs> don't you think? Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. For people who like the disco? <laughs> oh, come on. It's clearly a stereotype Native American. <laughs> well, he is a Native American. Yeah, but it's like they just took him off the reservation. Yeah. See, my, my problem with Thunderbird is that he's always felt like an Apache chief ripoff, you know? Why is he wearing a pantsuit also? All the other people get like a cool outfit. His is clearly a pantsuit. That's a with capri castles. link. Yeah, it's a capri link. See, it's so racist. He's got like fringe even. <laughs> Did we make you like it a little less now, Arnie? I still think it's a good sculpt. That it is. And then a little more up my alley, the statue Marjorie broke at Toy Fair. I didn't break it. I was taking pictures of it when it started to, like, slowly fall. See, you have the black cat's power. Where you go, bad luck just follows. No. (laughs) Just you happen to be taking pictures of a statue when it breaks. But the Kotobukiya Amazing Spider-Man six-scale fine art statue up for pre-order now seeing it in person i don't think the picture online does it justice because when we saw it at toy fair i was just amazed by it no pun intended and the picture the picture here i look at it and i'm like that doesn't look very good but it's the angle that they've chosen for their press photo where his foot is out towards us and you can't really get any scale or three-dimensionality off of it and they took it from the angle that clearly shows where he's connected to the pillar whereas When we saw it in person, you had to actually rotate it around to see that exact spot. So, bad photo, great piece, and you can save by pre-ordering it at BigBadToyStore.com. Yep, and that's a big piece. It's 16 inches tall, which is going to be pretty cool, and it's going to go with the upcoming Venom Fine Art statue that I don't know if we've seen an unpainted version of that or anything on that one yet. No, we've just been told it was coming. Right, so hopefully it would be a nice dynamic Venom sculpt and these two pieces would go nicely together yeah because the only venom they've done was back in 2010 and it was just him walking it was a missed opportunity i look forward to a far more action-oriented venom to go with this 
Action Venom News. And then the last one, this one actually came this past week. I got it from AFX. We talked about him on the show before. It turns out AFX has a price match guarantee. And so I got it at Things from Another World pricing without having to support Things from Another World after they canceled Marjorie's MODOK order. Oh, I'm so mad at them. <laughs> I got Throg. Throg. He's a tiny scale, and he goes perfectly with Squirrel Pool from San Diego Comic-Con. He does, and I was on the fence about him until you opened him up. I know. I asked Marjorie, I said, do you care if I order Throg so Squirrel Pool has someone to hang with? And she's like, I don't care what you order. And so I ordered him, and then he came, and I'm like, look, Throg's here. She's like, oh, you really ordered him? And she was kind of giving me some crap. And then I open him up, and I look at him, and I show him to her, and she loves him because of the green paint they used. He's so comic-y and so vibrant with his bright red cape and his green, green skin. He looks like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle dressing up for his cosplay Thor, but I love it. You know, I'm not I'm not a bus guy. I've said it in the past, but now after seeing Throg and missing out on Squirrel Pool, I'm kind of wishing I would just kind of stick with the animal knockoff ones. You know what I'm saying? Like, that'd be a cool little subset of a collection to have. That is my subset. That is what I'm in for. If they continue to do animals in this scale, which is half the size and about half the price. I got Throg here for 35 bucks. Nice. And I thought that was a great price for Throg. That's why I went through the trouble of a price match, saved $17 off their regular price, and limited to 1000 If they continue making the smaller, cheaper Animal Avenger busts, I'll continue to buy them, I think. I think that is a wonderful little niche that I enjoy. All because Marjorie yeah. wanted Squirrel Pool. Yep, he's super cute. <laughs> he was just too random alone. I think having Throg and Squirrel Pool together adds some unity. But I do really like Throb. He's available at most major retailers right now if you've missed out, like Justin. Squirrel Pool, mm-hmm. however, is a little bit harder to come by. Exactly. But I'm not sure what this feeling I'm feeling is because it's it's a little bit of jealousy over over Throg. <laughs> I never thought that I would... <laughs> oh, well. Well, that's enough of stuff that's on sale. Let's hit what's online right now. It's just in from the web Arnie I know one of your favorite songs of all time has got to be Spoon Man right I do love Spoon Man in high school I could play the spoons and that's when <laughs> that song came out <laughs> well, then you gotta be pretty jazzed about the return of Soundgarden <laughs> I didn't know they'd gone away did you know <laughs> yeah Arnie let's backtrack you know Chris Cornell actually went out on a solo career and did a number of songs who's Chris Cornell he's the lead singer yeah he's got a goatee kind of like this it's not Scott Wayland. That's Stone Temple Pilots. That's Stone Temple Pilots. I get all my grunge confused. It's all the same. It all <laughs> sounds alike. Did Soundgarden do Black Hole Sun? Yes, yes. they did. Okay, I like Soundgarden. Wait, what was that mashup band that was like... Temple of part- the Dog. Temple of the Dog. That was actually a tribute band for Andrew Wood, who died by heroin overdose. The name of the band was Mother Love Them. That's right. But that was some Soundgarden, some Pearl Jam guys. Yes, it, it was some Soundgarden guys and some Pearl Jam guys. Yes, it was actually... When Eddie Vedder was very new, and he couldn't even face the camera in the video because he was so shy. <laughs> I apparently have slaughtered a sacred cow of Marjorie's by not knowing my sound garden. FYI, <laughs> Kim Thale from Champagne. Who's Kim Thale? Bass player. You're, you, I want to just tell the listeners, there's no notes for her. This is coming off the cuff. She's naming these obscure musicians. Kim Thale's not obscure. 
They're really not all that obscure. This is no. pretty mainstream yeah. Seattle grunge 90s. Keep, uh, now, Justin, keep in mind, in the 90s... I was listening to some snow and some vanilla ice and some hammer. Yeah, so, you know... if you I was to, into hip-hop and trip-hop. If you go to Arnie's <laughs> musical catalog, he thinks that our song is opposite to track <laughs> by Paula Abdul. <sighs> Oh, I am so scared to find out what 8,000 songs you have just They're ripped. all like that. <laughs> He's the only person who owns the entire catalog of DJ Informer, DJ Snow, whatever the hell his name is. No, I don't own his entire catalog. I don't have discs two and three yet. Yet. 12 inches of snow and rising. <laughs> All right. Well, Soundgarden's back together, which must make Marjorie very happy, apparently. No, they're okay. And they have their first song in 15 years on the Avengers. I hesitate to use the word soundtrack. The album that's coming out with Avengers on the label. This is a music inspired by, quote unquote, but yet I don't even think any of these bands saw Avengers and went out and said, we need to write a song about it. Because, I mean, you know, that's how Aerosmith did Walk This Way, is they went and saw Young Frankenstein and left and found the movie so damn funny that they wrote a song about it. I don't think Papa Roach got a preview screening of Avengers and it's like, I need to write a song called Even If I Could. I think this is just, you know, B tracks that they were able to get cheap and put out. Oh, yeah. I think they were inspired by the royalty checks that they'll get for having their name and song on the soundtrack album. You know, I mean, I don't think these songs, maybe, I mean, they might be somewhat sprinkled in throughout the movie, but eh, who knows? There will probably be one of them in the end credits, just like every other Marvel movie. Mm -hmm. I mean, it seems like half of them end with Velvet Revolver. (laughs) Yeah. But this CD has Scott Wayland, Soundgarden, Shinedown, Papa Roach, Bush, Buck Cherry. Really? Mm -hmm. Was this movie shot in 1996? (laughs) (laughs) Evanescence. So there's 1999. Really? It was shot on the set of Beverly Hills 90210. And if you are really a hardcore soundtrack collector, there's an additional track on the international release by a band that Marjorie may love and I've never heard of. (laughs) Kazabian, Kazabian, Kazabian. K a s a b i a n. Yeah, I've never heard of them. So, for those of you dedicated enough to go type the extra three characters, and instead of going to Amazon.com, go to Amazon.co.uk. You can get Kazabian. Have you already done that, Arnie? <laughs> and there's also a score track <laughs> by Alan Silvestri. <laughs> now, this will be music in the movie. <laughs> So, yes. I can't let Kazavian out of my hands. <laughs> what kind of collector would I be if I didn't have the international one? A normal one? And why do you have the hardcore, the soundtrack, and the score? And the scores are the bane of my existence because he has one on his iPod. So his iPod will invariably play scores. I have created special playlists that are Marjorie playlists that exclude all scores and hip-hop. <laughs> That leaves Johnny Cash, the police, and Rob Zombie. (laughs) Very nice. (laughs) It's what you do, though. I mean, you are into the soundtracks, you know? Let's talk about Hawkeye. And some other hot toys. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Also, never type hot toys into Google search at work. (laughs) Just saying. 
Well, let's talk about the hot toys for real in our minds. A Hawkeye hot toy. Yeah, Hawkeye went on sale last Friday, and I sent out the Sales to Astonish newsletter, which you can subscribe to at MarveliciousToys.com, and it's a email newsletter where we let you know when things go on sale really cheap or when new hot items that are probably going to sell out go on sale, be it from Bowen or Sideshow or Gentle Giant or whoever. And when it comes to Hawkeye, I sent out the newsletter, but even with sunglasses, I'm not sure if he's really going to sell out the fastest. It's hard to tell. You just never know. I mean, he's obviously going to be one of the lesser sought after out of all the Avengers, but... he I think he's the Abigail Whistler, and they're getting him out early and getting it over with. Yeah. You can't. You got to lead with him and not let him come out last. Now, I know we're just looking at a teaser picture here, but... You can see some of the articulation there, and I'm pretty impressed with it kind of being somewhat seamless. It does look pretty good, and it gives me hope for Hulk. Mm-hmm. Now, they've also already announced the next hot toy is Captain America, and I've heard a rumor that we may be getting a Captain America that's freshly thawed in addition. So mostly naked, or...? He was in full World War II regalia when he was frozen. I don't know. Is the first thing you do when you find a frozen World War II man strip him, Justin? Well, yeah. I mean, hypothermia. (laughs) (laughs) You're like the Dan Fielding of Marvel. (laughs) It's only happened twice. I wouldn't say always, but... (laughs) It's not the Avenger I'm most excited for, if I can crib a line from a DC movie. He may not be the hot toy we deserve, but he's the hot toy we got. (laughs) It's just exciting that we're getting that much closer to the movie, that we're already at our second hot toy of the Avengers, and soon we're going to be knee-deep in the actual characters. We're going to have Thor and Mark Seven, and I bet you Hulk is the last one. He has to be. He has to be. And then... He's not going to come out for like two years because the Ironmonger that I ordered before my last birthday is now hopefully going to be out before my next birthday. It has been pushed back till September. Yikes. <laughs> Which is great for the flex pay, though. <laughs> Here's 12 extra months. <laughs> Take your time. Well, speaking of the Avengers movies, over at NowPlayingPodcast.com, we are finally at the true Avengers movies. We've been doing so many Avengers movies this year. We did the TV versions of Hulk and Captain America and the J.D. Salinger's son starring version of Captain America where the Red Skull was Italian. You gotta listen to the shows to understand what the hell I'm talking about. But we are finally in the home stretch and doing the Avengers proper movies. And as I did last show with Peter David's novelization of Ang Lee's Hulk film, Peter David wrote novelizations of Iron Man and The Incredible Hulk back in 2008. And so I decided to give those books a read to see what Peter David, the famous comic scribe, could add to the movie cinematic universe. While Peter David is very well known for his writing of the Incredible Hulk comics, making him a perfect fit for both Hulk movie adaptations he wrote, both in 2003 and in 2008, 
For my research, I can find no reference of him ever having written Iron Man before the movie came out. Yet despite a lack of deep history with the character, David was chosen to write not just the Iron Man novelization, but also the movie tie-in comic I Am Iron Man. Now David's a good writer, so I don't take this as an immediate negative, it's just the lack of a positive. While I'm sure Iron Man has guest starred in many comics that David has written, having David write the novelization for Iron Man just doesn't have the same cachet and excitement that I hold for him when writing the Hulk books or if he were to write an X-Factor novel. It seems an odd choice, and since he did write the Incredible Hulk novelization for Marvel the same year, it almost makes me wonder if Marvel got a package deal, two for one, or buy one, get one half off. I'm not sure. But, you know, that said, I don't have a huge history with Iron Man either. Before the movie came out, I wasn't too interested in the Armored Avenger, and after the movie, I've read some comics, as well as the novel Iron Man Femmes Fatales by Robert Greenberger, which you can hear my review of at booksandnachos.com. But I'm not steeped in Iron Man lore the way I am with, say, Hulk or Spider-Man or X-Men. So I was even more interested in what insights into these characters and what kind of comic ties David might be able to provide. But... Much like his 2003 Hulk movie adaptation I reviewed in the last issue of Marvelicious Toys, Peter David's Iron Man novelization is a fairly strict adaptation of the Robert Downey Jr. starring feature film. It's really shocking how close the movie and the novel are, down to direct bits of dialogue. Given Robert Downey Jr.'s penchant for improvisation on the set, I wondered if Peter David might have had a transcript, and so I actually asked him on Facebook if he did, and he said no, he was working off the original script, and he just also watched television commercials and whatnot to get the actual dialogue from the movie to keep it this close. That said, there were several scenes in the novel that I knew weren't in the film, and during my reading of the book, I thought David might have added them, and such scenes include Stark going to Dubai and pretending to have a menage a trois to provide a cover story for when he flies to Galmara and takes on the terrorists, and really isn't a menage a trois the best cover story ever? But... In perusing my Iron Man Blu-ray, it turned out all these scenes that I thought David had added were filmed and then cut from the final project. It's a shame on the Dubai scene being cut, because I really feel that it added a detail that Iron Man can't just fly around the world anytime he wants, that he has fuel limitations. But that having been said, a novel is by its very nature a different beast from a movie. With novels, quite often there's a point-of-view character for a scene, and the author must judiciously give us insights into that character's thoughts, feelings, and motivations. In his adapting of Ang Lee's Hulk film, it seemed David's task was near insurmountable. I mean, that film's a jumble of nonsense, where things just happen. It seems to me that, on the surface, adapting Iron Man would be an easier task. After all, I've watched the film many times and never have cried foul or found any major flaws with character motivations. And I think that's a credit of the film. Director John Favreau created, if you'll pardon my use of the cliché, a thrill ride of a film that truly is like a roller coaster. And when you're on a roller coaster ride, you may not be paying close attention to how carefully the tracks were painted. In reading David's novel, I found a lot of motivations given for actions I didn't even realize needed motivations. I was having too good a time watching the movie to realize some things didn't entirely make sense. For example, in the movie, 
Tony Stark is trapped with Yinsen, who helps him build the Mark I armor. Yinsen is gunned down during Stark's escape, and there's this tender moment between the two captives, and then Stark escapes fueled by propane and anger. But after Stark is gone, in the movie, there's no mention of Yinsen. And really, dramatically, Yinsen seems purely functional. He's there, in the words of Peter David, to be Tony Stark's pepper pots during his time in captivity. He's assisting Stark in many ways, but really he's purely a functional character. And it's a waste that Yinsen just dies because his purpose is over. I mean, it would clutter the film to have Stark need to save Yinsen while escaping and then have to deal with him back in California. They needed to write him out somehow, but his death really carried no weight in that film. And then another thing is when Stark returns to the States, he doesn't want to make weapons, having seen Stark weaponry in the hands of the enemy. However, he still goes and makes the Iron Man suit, and I've never asked why Tony makes more Iron suits. He doesn't need them to escape anything else, he doesn't want to make weapons, so why continue to make the suits? Watching the movie, I was so revved up by the great score, the exciting scenes, Robert Downey Jr.'s great performance, oh yeah, I can fly. I never stopped to ask the question. I just thought he, they were like Mount Everest. He made them because he could. Who doesn't want to fly? But in David's prose, he knows there needs to be a reason for everything. Characters need motivation to be relatable. So in the movie, Yinsen is forgotten by the end of Act 1, but in the book, Yinsen lives on. He's ever-present in Tony's thoughts. Yinsen and his bravery and grace in the face of adversity showed Tony the stark contrast between the life he thought he was living and a life of true meaning. In one passage early on in the book, David actually gives us some of Tony's thoughts, and David writes, A man far greater than I. I, with my corporate jets and fancy house and hundreds of employees, as if all that means anything in the grand scheme of things. I have everything. He had nothing, but he was ten times the man I'll ever be. Yet I'm still alive and he's gone. That has to mean something. There has to be a way to memorialize everything he was and everything he represented. A memorial that's far more than a pile of metal in the middle of nowhere. And I'll find a way to do it. So as you can see from that passage, Tony dons more armor both in memory of Yinsen, who helped him build the prototype, and David goes on to say it's also secretly because Tony felt violated and he wanted revenge. Despite being done building weapons, David shows that Tony knows he's indeed making one. Likewise, David also has Tony remembering fondly the army men who died in the film's opening trying to save Stark's life. It's just a few passing mentions, but given that Tony was enjoying the troop's company and they died trying to save him, it's nice that David did not forget them entirely, even if the movie did. David also tries to give equal motivations for the other things in the movies that just happen. There's a lot that I never even realized until reading the book. One example is when Tony is testing his Mark II armor and he tries to fly so high to see his altitude and he ends up freezing up. Why does he do this? Trying to make a character relatable, you'd think on a first-time flight there might be some idea of caution, just in case they might, yeah, I don't know, plummet to their death. Why would Tony risk his own life so recklessly after fighting so hard to save it? In David's novel, Tony was trying to literally reach the moon. 
Now, in the film, the moon is there. It's giant. It's a full moon in the sky, and Tony is flying towards it. But in the novel, we get inside Tony's head and see that he's delusional and imagining himself landing on the moon in his suit of armor. And it's actually true to Stark's grandiose nature that these are the types of things he thinks of. I mean, he did build himself a giant silver suit of armor. So in the book, he tries it and fails. David's prose also helps to deepen the relationships between characters. In the movie, I understood Stark was supposed to be long-term friends with Rhodey and Odebiah Stane, but I got it because it was told to me. It never quite felt real. Through small details, added lines, references to the past, David really fleshes out the relationships, and that helps to make Stane's betrayal even more impactful, and Rhodey has more of a point here, as it shows Tony wanted Rhodey to be Iron Man. This is something I'd never thought about. But there's that scene in the movie where Tony goes and visits Rhodey at the Air Force Base, and Tony's about to tell Rhodey about the suit. I always took it as, I got a great secret, I'm going to tell my friend. But the novel makes it clear the intent there wasn't just to tell Rhodey about the armor, but to make Rhodey the hero. When Rhodey toes too much of the army's company line, telling Stark, get back and make me some more weapons, that's when Tony decides to do it himself. For all the pluses in the prose, I do have one ding on David's writing, and that's in order to provide a different point of view, David often writes entire passages in just italics. Now, he often uses italics to show thoughts, but here it's almost like we're hearing Tony's thoughts, but yet it's written in the third person. Now, Tony is kind of egotistical. Maybe he thinks of himself with the royal we, but I just couldn't ever quite determine what voice these italicized scenes are in and what voice everything else is in in this book. I mean, there's the scene where Tony is having the press conference right after he returns from being rescued from Afghanistan. And this is the passage written all in italics. Stark moves through the narrow hallway that will put him directly onto the podium. The only one there with him is Stane, following right behind as if he's guarding Stark's back, even though no one else is around. You know, there's a lot of reporters in there, Stane says, and he sounds a bit uncomfortable for the first time. What's going on? You'll see, Stark says. He speaks with an assurance that he does not feel. He has no idea what he feels. His mind, his emotions, everything remains scrambled, tumbling about within his brain. He is someone who has spent his life exhibiting a laser-like focus. That focus is now gone. Knowing that he cannot be what he was, he has no idea what he is to become. This press assemblage has been a deliberate ploy on his part, a sort of shock treatment. He is afraid that he may well withdraw into himself, or worse, into a bottle if he does not find some fast way to face directly what has happened to him. As the cliché goes, he has clambered out onto a limb and is now about to saw it off behind him. The ruckus from the other side of the entrance door is a solid wall of noise. Stark finds himself wishing that he was wearing armor again, except something better looking. Something constructed with the finest materials to which he has access. An image takes hold in his mind and will not let go. He does what he typically does at such times, creates a mental file folder, inserts it, and tucks it away, knowing that he can and will revisit it at his leisure. See, while I'm getting insights into Stark's mind in that passage, I don't know that it's giving me anything special that warrants it being an entire italicized section. I spent quite a bit of time trying to analyze and perhaps overanalyze these sections, and 
They give some thought, but it was actually a little off-putting. But it's a minor thing in the course of a novel, and it may be slightly overused, but that could just be also my impression because I was so sensitive to the font. Now, the other thing I was looking for in this novel were references to the Marvel Comics 616 history, and there are a few, but not too many. David, perhaps realizing how much a part of Iron Man's legacy the famous Demon in a Bottle storyline was, really accents every point in the story where Tony has a drink, or, as you saw in that last passage, even thinks about having a drink. It's about as subtle as the Hulk, how David implies Tony can't handle his liquor, and he does it both in prose and in dialogue. David really seemed to be setting up the demon in the bottle for Iron Man 2, but while Tony did get a bit out of control drunk in that film, he never was the alcoholic that David has created him to be here. There are other additions made to this book for logistics reasons. Through the novel, I got something I never did from the movie, a sense of time. Per David, Stark was in the captive of the Ten Rings for three months, which truly is a lot of time for Tony to make the armor. In the movie, it feels like just days, not months, and that stretches credibility even for a superhero movie. There are some references to Happy Hogan being a boxer and Hogan being the third point in a love triangle that also involves Tony and Pepper. Nice little nods to the comic that it's unlikely would be negated by future films, even if future films also don't confirm them. And as always, David's writing had me smile. While the story and dialogue do not deviate much from the film, David's prose is always self-aware and includes some subtle references that just kind of made me happy, like two Star Wars references, one where Jarvis shows Tony the all-gold suit of armor. David has Tony saying it's a little bit too much like C-3PO. Later, when Iron Man's hiding under the body of a jet plane, David mentions it's the same maneuver Han Solo used in The Empire Strikes Back. It's this style of writing that's made me a longtime fan of David's, and he doesn't disappoint here. So in the end, much like with his 2003 Hulk novelization, I can say you won't find much in David's Iron Man novelization that you don't get from the movie itself and the DVD's deleted scenes. But for fans of the movie or the character, and for fans of Peter David's, this book's an enjoyable read. It adds just a bit to the movie and is almost as fun as the movie itself. I do wish there was more to it than a straight adaptation, but as far as strict adaptations go, it's above average. But I'm really looking forward to the next novel, written in 2008, same year as Iron Man, David's novelization of Marvel's The Incredible Hulk film, with David returning to the character he's best known for in comics, and The Incredible Hulk movie had being such a troubled production, and Edward Norton's much longer cut, never seeing the light of day. I can't wait to dig into that, and you'll be able to hear my review of that on the mid-April edition of Marvelicious Toys. Well, that sounds like a whole song and dance. <laughs> <laughs> Which means, I think we have yet another Avenger song for you this week. We do. It's a brief one this time. It's what I got at Fiverr.com, F-I-V-E-R-R.com. And they're not paying us. They're not paying us. The I'm paying them... For Avengers music, because I'm that excited. And after I got the first Avengers song just on a lark, I'm like, well, we need to keep this rolling. So this is our next Avengers song. Hello there. This one right here goes out to the Avengers movie. Coming out this May. Oh, baby, baby. Avengers Assemble. Come up with the master plan. 
And yeah, make that money, looking so green, but don't get me mad, cause I'll turn into the hoe, and that's gonna be bad, so baby don't do that, cause I was born to be the king, call me Thor, it's hammer time man, I'm a super soldier, like that Captain America, straight from the past, but now I'm right here for you. Cause I'm a leader, call me Nick Fury When I pass you, but I still see you And for what I don't see out the window I call my girl, the Black Widow We all gonna get that low-key Cause villains, they stay low-key And Agent Phil Coulson And Maria Hill, I see you Cause it's all about S.H.I.E.L.D. agents Oh, baby, baby So that little rap Is from I will rap at Fiverr.com. Oh, baby, baby. <laughs> I'm surprised he's not the big bopper of rap. <laughs> yeah, they're getting interesting, aren't they? <laughs> well, Justin, you said you preferred the rap from the first one to the little acoustic bit for the second one. So I thought we'd go back to rap for number three. Yeah, rap's always more fun. Acoustic can be a little hacky, you know? Well, this is unfortunately the last rap, but I gotta say, I saved the best for last. I really did. I had all five songs, and the next two get pretty good. I'm saving the absolute best for last, and by that point, we're all gonna be in such a frenzy for the Oh my god, did you get DJ Snow to do it? Because he's not doing anything right. He should be on Fiverr. (laughs) That might have been him. I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> Avengers. See, he's on to something. <laughs> uh, okay, I might have to write some lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure for five bucks I can get somebody to rap them. <laughs> Maybe even Informer himself, or whatever his name was, Snow. Well, that is our show for this week. If you enjoyed the show, please head to iTunes and leave us a review. If you review us, it helps others on iTunes know that they should click and listen. So it's really the best way you can help support the show that doesn't involve just sending us wads of cash. But if you want to do that, too, that's cool. Yeah. Absolutely. Especially if you win the Mega Millions. Remember your friends at Marvelicious. I'll be your Pepper Potts. (laughs) Well, that's it for us this time. So until next time, true collectors. Make mine Marvelicious. Oh, baby. Baby. <laughs> nice. Thank you for listening to this episode of Marvelicious Toys. If you enjoyed this podcast, please help our show by leaving a positive review for the show on iTunes. There's even more Marvelicious content at our website, MarveliciousToys.com. At the site, you can see pictures of the products we discussed, find checklists for Marvel toys, talk and trade with the Marvelicious forums, and much more. It's all at MarveliciousToys.com. We want to hear your thoughts on Marvel collectibles. You can leave reports of your latest toy finds as well as product reviews on our voicemail at 803-MARVEL-4 or email an MP3 or iPhone voice memo to show at MarveliciousToys.com. Marvelicious Toys is produced and edited by Arnie Carvalho. Podcast enhancement by Barrett. Marvelicious website design by Jason. Graphic design by Justin. Announcements by Brock. The Marvelicious theme song, Bam Pow Kablam, is composed by Joe Harrison. See more of Joe's work at www.starwarsfanworks.com slash lionsmouth. 
If you also like Star Wars, Star Wars Collecting is covered weekly at our other podcast, Star Wars Action News, which you can find at SWActionNews.com. Marvel Comics and all that the Marvel Multiverse contains are the intellectual property of Marvel Entertainment Incorporated, a subsidiary of the Walt Disney Company, and no infringement is intended. Marvelicious Toys is a Venganza Media production. Copyright 2012. All rights reserved. Marjorie, try talking. That's, that's good. Now try to use it. Now try forming words. Use your words, Jellybean. You suck. <laughs> this week on Marvelicious, special guest, Nell. This <laughs> movie is so painful to watch. Oh my god, I can't believe anybody has. I lost the remote one. <laughs> Sounds like me Saturday night just watching Comedy Central movies. Yeah, dude, I sent you, we sent you a DVD. <laughs> Try to enrich your life. <laughs> and it had boobs. I know. Like and boobs, Wang. Boobs in a hot tub. Uh, Wang isn't really a good selling point. Well, I'm just saying, you know, for your wife. It's a family oh. film. Uh, Newsflash. <laughs> Penises are not fun to look at. Yeah. It's not, it's, there's like no equality there. Boobs are much prettier. Yeah. All three Marvelicious hosts like boobs. Yeah, I think six out of six Marvelicious staffers are boob fans. <laughs> Welcome to issue 37 of Marvelicious Toys. I'm Marjorie. I'm Arnie. And I'm Justin. Well, it's starting to be con season, guys, and we already hit our first toy show of the year. C2E2. Well, we hit the first toy show, which was the Toy Man Toy Show down in St. Louis. Yeah, say that again. My mind was elsewhere. Yeah, apparently. (laughs) (sighs) Well, it's starting to start up con season. I will start that again. Take three. Do you know who's going to be at C2E2? Val Kilmer. So that's a yes. Mr. That's Mc... not a no. Mr. McFeely from Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. He's still alive? Uh, I just thought that. Sorry. Okay, continue. Go ahead. Okay. We may have to see Val Kilmer. I'm getting his autograph on a Real Genius DVD. Nice. And asking him if he can hammer a six-inch spy yes. through a board with his penis. Uh-huh. I am. Excellent. Arnie will take it. <laughs> Probably. If he doesn't like, it's not a crazy day, I hope. Might try to burn you in the eye with a cigarette. It's some crazy days, you know. Well, let's go the other way. We're talking about two-inch figures. Let's talk about the six-inch figures, because they seem to be pretty dang popular. Like, Well, Marjorie, do you prefer two inches or six inches? What do you think? Six inches. <laughs> if given a choice. Yeah, I mean, no. <laughs> The running change ones show both characters on the card art as far as which one, knowing that both of them are eventually going to come out. The variants seem to only show one one person there. So on the front of this card, you get to see both Piledriver and Thunderdome. Sorry. Is that his name? Thunderball? Yeah, Thunderball. Like, oh, like, oh, ooh, Jesus, that could have taken a toe. Careful. Do you have a blade out on that? I might have. I've had that happen once. It didn't actually amputate. Do you remember the shot I got? Yes. Okay. Then don't have things like that near their feet. All right, I'm done making noise now. As he continues to make noise. I'm done making noise now. (laughs) 
I think this figure rocks. I like big figures, and I cannot lie. And this is a big figure. Oh, my God, Marjorie. Look at his figure. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were so going to say, look big. at his... I thought you were going to say, look at his ball. It's so round. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love the size of the ball, too. I mean, it's just, it's great. Well, I do like big balls. <laughs> it's a good size for a ball. It's a good size. So, you like big balls with six inches? This is what I'm hearing? Well, some balls are held for charity. <laughs> some balls are held for fancy dress. <laughs> I never get to work right. that into conversations. I'm so glad you did. You're good. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm... I'm going to hate myself when I'm editing this show. Why couldn't you be freaking quiet? Yes. Make all this noise. Somewhere Stuart's chuckling. Ha ha. I lucked out then. My eyes look perfect. It's your turn to luck out every once in a while, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> he usually gets screwed on the paint apps. He yeah. does. Oh, he's also extra picky, though. In all fairness, he's very picky. Picked you, didn't I? Well, you know. <laughs> oh, how I cute. know. See, now I can't pick on him. <laughs> <laughs> boop, boop. <laughs> I'm just noisy tonight. Yes, you are. <laughs> Open up your decks. Oh, I didn't know it was like this. Yeah, yeah. I told you those were used to open earlier. Yeah, but sometimes you don't mean it. I always mean it if I say it. <laughs> Can I have the bottom half to open? Yes. I don't have any cards to open. <laughs> See, we need to have a shared experience where you can go and buy something. We can all open it together. It'd be like phone sex, but not. <laughs> I just got the best deck ever. Now, the pack said something about a 3D card in there. What was the 3D card? I didn't get a 3D card. The pack said 3D card? I thought I read that at the top of the pack. Where'd the pack go? There, I tossed it. I tossed it. Well, then where'd you toss it? 30. 3-0. Oh. Okay, I can okay. see why you think um, it's a 3D card. Glasses, maybe. Contacts. I want a 640 by 480 webcam. <laughs> Excuses, excuses. If it was boobs, you could have made it out. I could have made it out. Exactly. But that's a skill honed from years and years of scrambled porn on Skinamax. Got it. <laughs> I still remember sitting with my sister watching scrambled porn. Whoa. And she never... Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, actually, here's the funny part of the story. They were in Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> Perfectly legal, then. <laughs> Just point with her sister and brother down there. It's fine. It was scrambled, and she was fascinated because she's like, "You can still see it." She'd never seen scrambled porn before in her life. She probably had never seen porn before. And I was just, I was just channel. No, she had. She told me about when she went and she was channel flipping and and she was only nineteen and she channel flipped to two lesbians with a midget. Ooh. And the midget had a whip. And was whipping them. It was not. It was a male midget with a, like, uh, handlebar mustache. <laughs> it's very specific fetish. <laughs> but she was just so just fascinated that I wouldn't even have to pay to see nudity because it would, you know, show through the scramble. It's not like we were getting off on it. Don't get weird about it or anything. <laughs> Nothing weird about watching porn with your sister. No. Nothing at all. If I had a sister, I'd watch porn. Could I watch you watch porn with her? 
long as you're fantasizing. <laughs> <laughs> Can we make Scarlett Johansson your sister? Yeah, why not? She's or not. just a twin for you. Twin sisters. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I don't have a twin, though. You're getting buttered up for something, Marjorie. I know. I can tell. <laughs> Percent. I turn the fan on. I don't care about noise anymore. I'm just sweating my arms off. <laughs> sweating your arms off. <laughs> Trying to be polite. I don't know why. <laughs> I didn't want to be vulgar. <laughs> I might have been Justin. Sister, <laughs> stay away from the word okay, ass for a while. I got stuff so do I. Like, not sweat. All right. I want to see what Squirrel Cool is going for just out of curiosity. Maybe he's gone down. I was looking for him on Amazon. He's not available on Amazon, which usually means still pretty hard to find. He's not at all on eBay. There's not a single Squirrel Pool on eBay. Jesus. That's unbelievable. You know what else is unbelievable? Hulk hands are going for over $100 now with electronics because the new ones don't have it. (laughs) You know, if you split up squirrel and pool, you can find a floating squirrels on a log for a pool or a pond. Do you have a pool? No. Okay. Because we have one. I grew up with one. We opened our pool this week. The ducks really appreciate us opening the pool for them. It's duck orgy time. Yeah, we saw oh, a you're game. like Tony Soprano. Oh, yeah, that's right. He did have the ducks, didn't he? I forgot <laughs> yeah. he had the Spoon man, feel the rhythm with your hands. One going up, one coming down, but we seem to land on common ground. When things go wrong, we keep direction to keep things going in the right direction. Inform. It's what you do, though. I mean, you are into the soundtracks, you know? Yeah. Name something he's not into. <laughs> Gay porn. Oh, come on. If they were cute. <laughs> Lesbians, that's gay porn. Two girls no, going at it. That's just porn. <laughs> <laughs> Get all the sniffles out of your system, then stuff your sorries in a sack. <laughs> I don't think that's a saying. <laughs> <laughs> Are you coloring Hulk while we did this? Oh, that looks very good. You did really Let me well. see. Nice. Yeah, I'll put it closer to the screen. Oh, so the page does it? Yeah. Nice. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's superhero squad art, and I love That makes good tattoo templates right there. I know. We've been told that by people who have bad tattoos. <laughs> <laughs>